tokenism in a workplace because some businesses are doing it just because they're trying to make their entire corporation or entire business look better. But some businesses are just starting to create more diversity in their business. The director or the people who are making the casting are really trying to just get someone who can play that role and feel it, mm -hmm. or they're just trying to diversify their cast in a way. Saying nothing is saying something. Inclusion feels more of like taking the actual input and using them for a real benefit, mm -hmm. and not just like the external benefit of what the public sees, the media sees. Like They put that token in the movie to make it look like they're diverse, but on one hand, yes, that's good. Like you have, you've accomplished a percent of diversity, but you have such a, like so much more further to go. This is Michelle Lamb from Leaning In and Speaking Out, a podcast hosted by Brandon University's CARES Research Center. This podcast is part of a special series on social justice in education, conducted by students in Gustavo Mora's class called Schools as Complex Spaces. Jackie and I would like to extend our heartfelt thanks to Gustavo, his students, and their guests, who are having crucial conversations about what it means to educate within contexts like the climate crisis, racism, addictions, and more. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Henderson, first-year education student at Brandon University, and I'm here with my co-host, Nolan Captain. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. So today, we're going to be discussing the pressing social justice issue, tokenism. Joining us is my dear friend, JJ Sher. JJ, did you want to introduce yourself and give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself? Oh, uh, sure. I'm JJ Sher. A little bit about myself. I live in Vancouver, B.C., I just recently moved here from Manitoba back in October. I'm out here working in the entertainment industry, so mainly pursuing like dance, acting, film, and like other performance things. And that's basically what I'm doing right now. Perfect. Okay, so thank you for sharing with us. Uh, together today, we'll be discussing everything there is to know about tokenism and what it looks like in our society. So to get started, our first question we have is... What do you know about tokenism and have you experienced it in your life? And then if you'd like to share a little bit. Uh, yeah, from like the research I've done on tokenism, it's sounding like forced diversity in a way or like the illusion of equality, which yeah. I have definitely experienced, especially in the entertainment industry and being in an industry that's predominantly grow growing up like for dance and singing. I was mostly me and just a group of girls and definitely stood out in many ways and it, at the time it kind of felt like doors opening for opportunity but when i'm reflecting back and looking at all these definitions it's some situations definitely could be situational for me for sure yeah and i think making yourself aware of it kind of makes you look back at those situations and see yeah, what maybe should be changed uh-huh for sure. Do you have anything else you want to share kind of if you've experienced it? I was talking with a friend about it and like the jobs I have had in the past, like I haven't really experienced it in my personal life, but mostly just in my jobs I've had. And my one job at a coffee shop, I was the only guy there and they would always say like, we need to recruit more boys, like recruit more boys, all this. And there's a site to have a boy representing and being able to talk to customers. And it was pretty lighthearted, but still it's a 
little bit of tokenism in there. Yeah, for sure. I think it's good that the business kind of realize that they do want to make a more diverse workplace. So I think Mm -hmm. they're starting, but obviously I'm sure they still have a way to go. Yeah, very true. Um, How did that experience affect your identity? Do you have anything to share about that? I'm going to go back to dance for this question. Because in dance, it was always me and a group of girls because mostly a girls industry. And it made sometimes it, it made it sometimes feel easy to get things because I don't know, like auditioning for roles and projects, it kind of felt like it was easier for me because I had all these, I'm in such a minority group of, in all aspects of life that I feel like they would want to choose me sometimes over someone else who's equally talented. But just for that reason, because I would notice me and being cast like as the only black person and other things like that. During your dance, like your formation, like were you like, Put in the back or like in the front, front? I was usually front and center. So I don't know what that says about anything. If they're really trying to show me off or I never felt like put to the back, but I did sometimes feel like I was being shown off. In sometimes during your auditions, you see any other males with you? No. At times I haven't really experienced big group auditions. They've all been like one-on-one. So I haven't really noticed that. Do you ever dance with any other guys during your time in dance? Like all women? Not, like, it's, you and not some often. it's not often men that I dance with. It's like at my entire studio I trained at, there was two guys, probably 300 girls. And they would always talk about having to showcase us, trying to recruit more guys, trying to recruit just a more diverse person because it really is just white females who are in dance mostly you were involved in figure skating as well right that kind of the same as dance a little bit very much the same i think my first like five competitions that i went to i didn't even see a boy and then when i started getting into synchronized skating so as a group i would definitely also be showcased and i don't know yeah which for sure has to be hard as like a kid because you don't realize it or it also could even be not as not as motivating, but you see yourself as different when that should be the norm. Yeah, it definitely felt like I was different. Sometimes it felt good. Sometimes mm-hmm. it felt a little bit bad, but... I think we already covered that question, basically, when he, he talked about all his jobs in the workplace. Well, what can tokenism look like in uh, different workplaces, um, JJ? For myself, my work is the entertainment industry, so I don't really have much knowledge on workplaces like a business or a nine to five type job. So I haven't really experienced that yet. I feel like tokenism in workplaces um, has definitely become, as people are becoming more aware of it, I think it's become more of a known thing kind of, but I think it's pretty tricky tokenism in a workplace because some businesses are doing it just because they're trying to make their entire corporation or entire business look better. But some businesses are just starting. And this could just be the first instance that they're starting to create more diversity in their business. So some companies genuinely want to improve their diversity, but just their past has been lacking, I guess. Yeah. I want to go back to your um, coffee shop job. Was there like any males prior before you working there? I only knew of one male before and it was generally just kind of one male at a time. And 
when I did come there, joking around how I was the replacement male. So there was not very many males at that place. It was pretty small staff anyway. So um, back to your being in like the show show business type thing. How has it changed being in like the bigger city, Vancouver, compared to a small town, Manitoba? I think it's quite a lot more diverse here. Hmm. I can't really tell if it's just the population yet because I haven't done too much. I've only been here a few months, but so far it seems quite a lot more diverse. But it could, it's, I think it's generally just the culture of it's a big city and a lot of people coming in here. Do you think like with like the difference between like male, female roles, do you think it's only kind of because of that? Or do you think intersectionality kind of plays a role when you think of like someone's class, someone's race and someone's sexuality. Does that kind of make sense? In the entertainment industry, you like usually the roles are male or female. Kind of like example, like only gay guys are good at dance, like dancing or figure skating or anything like that. Like, do you think that also has kind of an impact on that? Or do you think it's just the specifically just the gender roles? I think that race and like class and gender all this, like I feel like it's all quite even not just the male and female for the entertainment industry at least like a lot of roles i audition for are quite particular in what they want from you like a lot of roles will say you have to be like a person of color for this role you have to be identify as transgender or gay for this role and i haven't really figured out it's kind of tricky if like the director or the people who are making the casting are really trying to just get someone who can play that role and feel it. Mm-hmm. Or if they're just trying to diversify their cast in a way. For sure. But yeah, it's kind of tricky to figure out if it's kind of hard because you have to know like the director's motive and stuff for all this, which is well, hard. Exactly. And you probably don't want to just assume what the director's motive would be either. You kind yeah. of, I don't know, very, I think sometimes situation-based. Yeah. Um, how do you personally feel kind of about that? For most of the things that I've experienced in that way, it's from what I've seen, it's generally a good thing okay. because they've really had, instead of having just like a random black person play a gay role and just like all they know is the stereotypes and they have to perform based on the stereotypes that they know and research when they have those like defined characteristic traits that you have to fit into mm-hmm. generally it's a better like representation for the role so like a gay person is auditioning for something and it's just better representation for the gay community if it's a true person other than someone else yeah for sure because another whole thing we could get into talking about is the stereotypes of all of this yeah. and that just opens so much more stuff up yeah so i think that's true although it may be it may be tokenism that they're trying to like seem come across more um, diverse. It also may just be what makes it work. I guess, if that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's, a, it's a tricky kind of mm-hmm. thing to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move on to our next question. Uh, what should people do to deal with tokenism once they face it themselves? Do you have any input on that? I feel like acknowledging it either for yourself or to the industry corporation whatever is doing it to you or to others kind of acknowledging it and just saying something for sure don't let it don't let it go unheard or unseen i guess yeah even just doing a little bit but don't do nothing 
Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like saying nothing is saying something? Yeah, in a way, just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. So by kind of like educating people and making yourself, because before this podcast, were you um, kind of aware of what tokenism was? Like, like you kind of said, you didn't, you weren't really sure until you went back and looked at these definitions and then it made you realize, oh, that probably wasn't right. Or this is, yeah. Yeah. Just to say, do you think you ever experienced tokenism? Like in your career, acting career? In the past, it didn't feel like tokenism. Now it kind of does, especially with being more knowledgeable on the subject. I feel like definitely makes me more aware of things and probably going <laughs> to say something to others when I see it happening. Because sure. it's very, I don't know, you have to change your perspective to kind of know what's happening. Because otherwise it can just seem like, especially as a person of color, like who's gotten roles because of it. It can mm-hmm. seem just like doors opening in a way and it can seem like a good thing. So I never want to stop it. But if I was on the other side of it putting me in the shadows, it would probably have affected me a bit more. But regardless, looking back at it now and knowing more, it's kind of crazy to see. For sure. Um, what does, like, now that you're kind of more aware of it, what does that awareness do to you professionally and on a more personal level? Do you have any like specific examples? Or would you say no to a role if you noticed it was tokenism? If you're comfortable answering that, I probably, I probably wouldn't say no to a role if it was tokenism, honestly. But if I was being like put in the shadows and uh, brought down because of it, then I would probably say something, which might not be the best thing to do because on the good side of things or on the bad side of things, something should be said. But it definitely be something I have to work towards and kind of find a good time to put my input in when I have an opportunity. Exactly. And I think maybe as you get older and kind of more into it and maybe take on those greater roles that it will become more maybe prominent that you see it and maybe more likely to be able to kind of speak on it to other people. Yeah. Because right now it's kind of, it's, it's a little iffy. If I know it's tokenism, I don't really know the motives behind, but once I get more experience, I'll probably be able to realize it sooner and say something sooner for sure yeah uh let's move on to our next question i guess what do you think the difference is between inclusion and tokenism for me like inclusion feels more of like taking the actual input and using them for a real benefit Mm -hmm. and not just the external benefit of what the public sees the media sees like but using their story their experiences in culture to better whatever industry you're doing for sure yeah i feel like inclusion is like a continuous process that needs to last it can't just be a one-time thing kind of like tokenism you hire one employee from a diversity group yeah uh, just to fill that void you think you're filling but inclusion is a more continuous process so like long after these employees are hired Mm-hmm. they need like they should still be a key part in the corporation and Definitely. yeah i think that's super important i think um inclusion kind of starts yeah like at the beginning of a business um a business may start and have no diversity whatsoever but as that business grows they need to make sure they include or have a like inclusion within the company 
Mm-hmm. It kind of starts at the core of the business and it needs to be a long-term thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we're going to move on to another question. How do movies or TV shows kind of address tokenism? Can you recall any movies or shows you've seen that now that you're thinking about it, have tokenism in them? Um, Right off the bat, just like movies with like a gay best friend. Like usually, they're, sure, yeah. usually they're pretty stereotyped and they're for not their story at all, but just the comic relief or whatever it is exactly yeah that's that's the main one i think of mm-hmm. kind of like the they try to make the storyline oh i have a gay friend so i'm not homophobic yeah or, or um, also some people may say i have a black friend so i'm not racist yeah those po- like kind of typical phrases you not, may not necessarily hear but their actions kind of speak louder than words yeah, definitely. And I find sometimes with like storylines, like you said, with the typical gay best friend, um, their character is talked about, but that's kind of it. The storyline doesn't go much further. They yeah. Kind of, like they're introduced. They usually have some sort of, I don't know, little event they help or I don't, I don't know. They're involved a little bit, but they are never like the main character. And if they are ever, I feel like the main character they just use such a stereotypical reference to them that you're not getting the true kind of meaning behind it. Like it's just seems almost pointless to. Yeah. in scenarios like that where they have these diverse characters, but they're just very stereotyped in a way when I know it's tokenism, it's when, when you don't hear their story and when they're only there for a few moments yeah, exactly. Um, what would you say, JJ, is a good strategy for the entertainment industry to portray those characters kind of more accurately? I would say as much as like I I like the inclusion that they're adding, and it's kind of hard to figure out if it's just the start they're trying to include more mm-hmm. or if they're just putting them in the movie as a token. But yeah, I would say that it doesn't need to be included if it's not a genuine part of the storyline because mm-hmm. i feel like this a bit of over inclusion is they are not including this the real experiences behind the diverse people they're including they're just trying to include them for to just like check off some box of being able to include them and i don't yeah. think they, that include like just i don't think it's kind of a hard question to answer. Do you think like over-inclusion is a thing? I do. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I guess it's kind of the whole idea of tokenism is they put, they put that token in the movie to make it look like they're diverse, but on one hand, yes, that's good. Like you have, you've accomplished a percent of diversity, but you have such a, like such a great, like so much more further to go. Because if you're just doing it to make your movie look good, it's not really helping the movie at all. Where if you actually would think about it and have it more deeper meaning, then I think it would just pull it like just um, be more inclusive for sure. Yeah. Um, Why do you think um, like over inclusion is a thing? I don't know. It just feels like they're trying to check off the boxes for Mm -hmm. the latest, I don't know, statistics, just trying to get those numbers up. Like, it doesn't feel like the real genuine emotion of a character or a person 
like it just feels like they're just trying to check boxes off how jj how do you think pop culture um can kind of help the battle against tokenism how it can help the battle yeah i don't even know about that one so pop culture is kind of like kind of like movies so pop culture kind of like kind of recognized as like practices beliefs that are kind of dominant in society so kind of like fashion trends entertainment trends Kind of like, I don't know if kind of like TikTok trends, like kind of things like that would kind of be pop culture. That would be probably more of a relatable thing. So that's kind of pop culture in general. How can all this media help the battle against tokenism? Oh my goodness. Let me think for a moment. I'm probably going to sit here about for, for 10 minutes about that question. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I kind of think uh, pop culture can help battle against tokenism just by using the like the media exactly what it is that's what everyone is using these days and that is what everyone kind of refers to that's everyone watches everyone sees it it's such a international thing global thing that i think just promoting and making people aware of tokenism over platforms such as tiktok instagram anything kind of like that Mm -hmm. um is kind of a great place to start because i think you said before um making people aware of it is just such a crucial part i think to understanding it yeah definitely and getting that out to like a mass crowd would definitely affect all the industries because even you just shooting me a text of want to do a interview on tokenism and then i look up the definition and can already understand things is crazy and if you're getting that out to the media in a bigger way then that would definitely have big effects i would believe exactly and i guess literally like the podcast we are recording right now um we're using pop culture media to get our voices out for people to hopefully learn and (laughs) use it in their everyday lives and kind of use your personal experiences and all of our opinions together and some facts to i don't know get keep them more aware in the situation yeah talking about personal experiences um during your dance career like did your directors treat you differently like did they promote you like all the way in front like in pictures yes definitely uh i can i can especially notice it in the publicity part where i would be included in most of the posters or and all the advertising Again, when I'm looking back at when it was at the time, it felt like a good thing being shown off. But looking back at it, I can tell it's probably to show diversity in a way, especially when I was one or just one of a few like people of color there. I remember <laughs> coming to your dance recitals and all those different things. And you're always front and center, right in the front of the stage, which obviously because you're super talented. but also, I guess you touched on before, now that you think back to it, were they putting you in the middle because you were the only guy or other reasons now that you're thinking? Yeah, even now, like, there's a billboard of me on some highway, <laughs> Retina, a grade nine photo of me. I my school and they still use it to this day it's the most diverse picture it's hilarious in a way i've definitely seen that and you're right this school is definitely using you i guess you could say to promote their diversity yeah we had one photo shoot 
And that whole photo shoot is the school promotional photos now. <laughs> so I have kind of a final question for you. Um, yeah. What would be your message to people listening to our podcast today that kind of need to understand inclusion more deeply? Um, or what do you want people to kind of take away with them if they were looking for more understanding? I would say just just look up the word or an article at least. Like it's kind of crazy after one article when they put this word into actual life experiences it's really easy to correlate it to many different aspects of life like just looking at the definition initially it can be a little confusing but being able to hear it in experiences in life it really is easy to relate and it's pretty quick to understand after you can figure out what it is with examples for sure so i don't know just just basically spread awareness. Yeah. Cause yeah. Um, I think it's super important at least, well, all, all the time. Um, super important to, obviously we can't change the past and everything that happened, but we, with the awareness, we want to make sure our future generations and at least as us, as me and Nolan going into education, um, making sure our future students are aware and are able to, change the views of people and change people's views towards tokenism in the future. I think it's super important. Definitely. And yeah. So we have reached the end of our discussion today and we'd like to thank you for turning in and listening to our deep dive into tokenism today to all the people listening. And we'd also like to thank, thank our guest JJ Shear for joining us and opening up about his life and personal experiences with tokenism. Yeah. Thank you. That was really interesting to hear and listen. It was fun to talk about. Probably wouldn't have reflected this hard back on experiences if it weren't for this project. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for joining us and for helping all of us open up our eyes to what you've gone through. And yeah, I think it'll really help our listeners kind of reevaluate their past situations and I don't know, be able to evaluate their future situations better now. You've been listening to Leaning In and Speaking Out, a Research Connection podcast from Brandon University. For more episodes or to learn more about the BU Cares Research Centre, please visit our website at bucares.ca or you can come find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts.